I'm Jordan Larson, and you're listening to the Ace Space Podcast. Huge from Angus Mole. Three serves, three aces. Larson with the cross-court kill there. Pretty much unstoppable. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ace Space, the volleyball podcast brought to you by CEV. We're delighted that you've joined us again to listen in and delighted to be joined once again by Jordan Larson. Hey, Jordan. Hey, guys. How's it going? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, really good. I've introduced you there, but I've not said hello to Dan. Sorry, Dan. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing great, Dave. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right. The sun's shining in London for a change. Can we do a quick weather check-in? Because we've got London, Luxembourg, and, uh, and California, right? So right. I reckon we're doing about 15, 16 degrees C and sunshine in the early evening in London. Let's go to Luxembourg, and it is. I think it's uh, 20 degrees here and bright and sunny. Might be the only time of the year that Luxembourg's nicer than uh, California, I think. Oh, oh, high bar, high bar, Jordan. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know in uh, Celsius, but in Fahrenheit, we're about 75. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're doing quite nicely here. Um, it's going to be a hot one. What happens in 75 Fahrenheit? Would I get sunburned in that? Uh, I would say yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would suggest you lather pretty well, yeah. <laughs> uh, 100%. To be fair, sometimes I need to put a hat on when I've turned the light on at bedtime I get sunburned that bad but uh, anyway enough about that Uh, today Jordan we would like to talk to you about big games because you've been involved with plenty of the uh, plenty of them over the years are they different Oh, that's a tough question. I do think there are they are different, but I think the way that you like should approach it mentally should be the same, right? It's the same court, same ball, same all these things. Um, there was one thing that my coach said uh, when I was in Turkey that every game has a new history, and I don't know for whatever reason I just like latched onto that, and it's like it's so true. You don't know what the outcome is going to be, and you might as well just show up and compete and um, kind of find out what the history is going to be. So. Um, well, I do say it's not technically from a mental standpoint, not so different, but I do think there is some difference. So, um, Have you ever, <laughs> of course you should approach them like they're exactly the same, but you know, yeah. world championship finals, Olympic finals, Champions League finals, surely they, they, they're, they're different in so much that, I mean, I'm just a supporter and I think they're different. Surely, you know, people react differently, whether it's your coach, whether it's your teammates. Do you see yourself as uh, as kind of the cool head amongst them all or are you, I don't know, one of the wild yeah, ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, no, you're right for sure. Like when you think about that part, for sure there's different, right? Like your palms get sweaty. There's, there's a difference. Um, you're playing for something, but that's how, I don't know, for me, I've always tried to approach every single game like that. So therefore it's not such a big deal. And so then I think oftentimes I've been looked at from an outside of like very just even keel kind of player, like not too high, not too low. And so I think you're going to see that, you see that consistency even in bigger moments. So um, I think that's why maybe I've been able to win a couple of times in these big moments because it hasn't been such a like aha moment kind of thing but really in my inside sometimes I'm like oh my gosh I'm here you know (laughs) but um yeah it's for sure do you find your teammates kind of uh lean on you and rely on your emotional stability um sometimes yeah yeah I think sometimes for sure I mean I think um 
they would probably hate to admit that, but um, <laughs> I, I think sometimes they do. Um, but um, yeah, I, I also think that I rely on other people that are maybe a little more feistier because I can't, I'm, I'm not that kind of person or player. And so I, I found, I found myself to kind of gravitate towards those people that are more emotionally like outward because actually from the inside, that's what I want to look like. But I know for me to be consistently playing at a high level, I need to be like pretty subdued. So, um, yeah. Well, let's take it back to the beginning then when you first started to be involved in these big games. Because, of course, if it happened tomorrow, you'd be one of the senior players because you've been to so many and, and won so many. In the first few you were involved with, who were the teammates that you sort of looked up to and, and lent on for that kind of support? Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, I would probably say um, there was one, uh, our setter for the national team, Lindsay Burke. She um, was our captain at the time. and. Um, I don't know, she just had this uh, way about like carrying herself and she just uh, really worked hard and like had this like grittiness about her and, um, and was determined, like she had a vision and she was going to put you in the best situation she could as a setter. So um, I always appreciated that and um, I'm trying to think anybody else that um, I think kind of around that time I played in Turkey with Maya, I think also Maya Poyak, she has this like I don't know beast that comes out of her she's probably <laughs> but uh she like I don't know like in big like plays she just like I don't know the energy she creates like is just really like powerful so I've always admired her for that <laughs> have you ever told her you think she's a beast uh I, you know in a roundabout <laughs> way <laughs> yeah uh I every time I, I see her I'm just like man you're always, you, yeah I don't even know it's just like some sarcasm going back and she obviously fires back too so uh I don't know I th I just think this whole life you know of international volleyball like the fact of where I like think about where I become like this small town girl that like now I have friends in Croatia like what like I don't even, you know like it's just like the world of volleyball is just so large and I'm just really thankful sorry off ta tangent there but yeah uh, tangent <laughs> away this is your yeah. show <laughs> um croatia croatia's nice though we've been to croatia dan uh i have been one time but i wasn't like the the best part of croatia so i'm excited uh I, maya's been trying to get me to go there and so i i need to take her out but... <laughs> do, do you know what let's not ask you what part of croatia you went to because then everyone knows you think it's not the best part of croatia you know, I think so. well it was like you know that Croatians like talk about the beaches and we weren't anywhere close to the beach so I would say like it's not that Croatia wasn't great but I would pre like prefer to go closer to the beach I'm sorry to all those in Croatia <laughs> uh, so what a, oh go on I was going to ask you if you'd been if you'd been down on your European adventure no I mean I, I came to Europe and have pretty much immediately got locked down so <laughs> I haven't <laughs> haven't traveled uh too much yet yeah. I was gonna ask is uh is Maya gonna come to uh uh, the U.S. anytime soon? And... Uh, she came a couple years ago, actually. So it was nice to have her here. She I was here for a couple weeks, and I got to see her a couple times. So it was really good. But anytime that she ever wants to come, she's always welcome. So you said you were from a a, a small town. Exactly how big are we talking? Uh, less than a thousand people, and not a stoplight in town. But we had a golf course. So I mean, you know, you know, we. Who needs a stoplight when you have a golf course? You know? Come on, less than a thousand people. Is that even a town? 
Uh, yeah, I'm probably born village. Yeah, but it, yeah, and the high school that I went to was like all these like consolidated small towns, and yeah, it was my dad's a farmer, so I and my mom lived in town, so I kind of got the best of both worlds. So, has anyone else from your hometown sort of done anything out of the ordinary? Like you, obviously a pro athlete, is the are you kind of the biggest name who's come out of that town, or has there been other similar successes? Yeah, I would probably say I, I am probably the biggest name, but I do think there are some um, athletes that went on to play in college and um, like at a lower D1 or D2. So um, yeah, it's still, yeah, we're producing still. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, just going back to, I guess, some of the big games, big matches. What about, you know, your uh, college career? Because mm-hmm. obviously you went to a very... Uh, reputable, very uh, famous program in the University of Nebraska and, and won an NCAA championships there. Uh, yeah. Or, or kind of the, some of the big matches like there with because I've watched a few matches and the crowd there can be, a, you know, something you don't, you don't even see in Europe sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's really like something special. And I think it's hard for people that like have never gone there or never really grew up there to fully understand like, the power that Nebraska volleyball has just in the state. I mean, you, you know, when you think, you used to think of Nebraska, it was Nebraska football. And it was like, just obviously through the nineties and just how famous it was. And now it's like Nebraska, Nebraska volleyball and football. And I don't know, just the name that it carries. And obviously the, the fan support is outrageous. I mean, now when I played there, we were playing in front of 5,000 consistently every night sold out crowds um, and then they moved into a new facility now where it's like 8,000 plus and and that's sometimes standing room only and it's yeah. just it's gnarly and um, yeah to go back to some of my moments like when we won the national championship in 06 uh, we were playing in Omaha which is at a bigger arena and it hold, held over 17,000 fans and at that point it was like the biggest crowd in front of a, you know played in I guess you could say and so uh yeah it was a really really cool environment and obviously to win a national championship basically at home uh was unreal. Where do those memories rank then in terms of your volleyball memories like your college yep. success compared to your Champions League success or your world championship or your Olympic success? Yeah um yeah I would say probably the national championship in 06 I would say um then winning uh, my first or sorry making my first Olympic team and then winning silver medal uh, then winning world championships and then going back to back Champions League for two different teams I think that was cool um, and then obviously making my second Olympic team and then winning bronze medal for sure if you had a rank there's a couple <laughs> times in there that I was like oh this is the <laughs> there's one team in 08 that I really enjoyed uh, we had a lot of good memories too so I had a rank kind of by that timeline that, that's kind of what I would say what a CV that is, by the way. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> when, when I think back, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, you you just do it, you know? Like, I don't know. I've just been in those situations, and it's just, I've been, I've been lucky in a sense that I've had all these great opportunities, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem real sometimes <laughs> that I was there, you know? So you were a two-time All-American, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Can you just explain the concept of All American? Because I think I get it, and yeah. obviously we've got a lot of European listeners to this to this podcast, and I know it's a big deal. But can yeah. you tell me sort of exactly what it is and exactly how it is a, a big deal? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I'm going to try my best to explain it, at least how okay. I understand it. Um, so I think there's like over 200 like universities, like Division One, Division Two, Division Three, and it goes kind of down the road. And basically, all the players are like kind of put into a pool, and then the ABCA, which is like a committee, they basically vote on all the top players like across all the divisions and so um basically either your first team second team third team or honorable mention so technically i think it was two two time all-american but one year autumn, uh, honorable mention so that doesn't really count but um i was two-time first team all-american which is only like the top 12 12 to 15 girls i think um in the whole united states so yeah it's it's a pretty uh, prestigious honor but there's girls that uh, like sarah pavin um she plays for team canada now on the beach she was a four-time all-american like obviously very good and so you, you can see why like sometimes when you're in that group how you do have carry on success you know post post level career so yeah that is that is in, well an incredible success really um were you aware of kind of all the others so when the all-american team gets announced do you like oh yeah i know her i know her oh i'm definitely better than her or is it kind of a, a, a surprise because of course it's it's such a huge country you say yourself 200 200 schools all with teams for, for sure yeah um we kind of had, um, so I was part of the youth national team, junior national team, and then kind of when you're in the USA Volleyball Pipeline, you kind of see like a lot of familiar faces because um, once you kind of get through that and then you all commit to university and then you go through the university, you and then when you see like who is an All-American, you're like, oh, wow, I was on the youth national, junior national team with her. Like it's it's kind of you kind of know who the top players are per se. So um, there are a couple surprises, like a couple people that will have just some really standout years. Um, and so, but most of the time, you know, you know who those people are. So. Shall we talk about some of the big games then? Where should we start? Do you want to start with World Championships, Olympics, Champions League? Sure. Yeah. World Championships is cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, USA's first ever gold medal. I know. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy, honestly. And I think what a lot of people forget is we almost didn't make it out of like the group play, like the second round of group play. Like we needed Italy to win for us to continue on. And I remember sitting in the hotel. It's like, well, if any Italy wins in four, like we're in, you know. And Italy had really no like pressure per se right like they were already in so like they didn't need to you know again this is all based off memory so I could be way off but um so yeah I just remember like okay guys like this is our chance like we have another chance we did not you know technically earn that right by ourselves so we needed some help so uh the fact that we were able to get in and then play Brazil in the semifinal and then and I don't know that Brazil match I sometimes go back and rewatch because obviously Brazil and us, like we've always had like this healthy, like competition, right. And we run a similar offense. Like we have a lot of almost similarities. And so sometimes when you're going up against that, like trying to defend that is often a challenge. Um, but I don't know, I think we scouted them well and we just like, I don't know, we were on it that day and, um, yeah, it was really, a really fun match. And then obviously to match or to meet China in the finals, uh, was cool and we just played 
unreal. And I don't know, but we, we played like we were supposed to be there and we were just, I don't know, there was a comfort level and um, yeah, obviously winning was just to top it all. So. I love the fact that you just said that you watched that game back. That's, that's super cool. I spoke to yeah. your, um, your old teammate, Carly Lloyd, the other day, and she was saying that she watches the um, Champions League final. Oh, sorry, she watched the Champions League final where she won it with Tommy back the other day. And she thought, ah, oh, I'll just watch like two minutes here. And then she put the game on and, and just watched the whole thing. I love the fact that you still enjoy reliving those, those memories that, that so many other people have enjoyed. But I want to talk about the day, the day of the final. Like, what do you remember about it, sort of from the moment you, you woke up? Yeah, oh, goodness. Um, I'm pretty, like, routine-based. So for me, I like to do the same thing over and over. So uh, I woke up, had a solid breakfast. Uh, I believe we went we did go to a servant pass, I think, but it was kind of like an optional, like, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to pass some balls? Do you want to serve some balls? It was very just, do you need to just recover? Uh, I remember I had drug testing <laughs> the night before and I was so dehydrated that I, like after Brazil, I was so dehydrated that I sat there for, I think three plus hours because oh. I could not, yes, it was brutal. And I was actually like overhydrated. So when I got back, like I was almost like had this like, I don't know, I felt like I was sorry, drunk almost in a sense because I was like, but granted there was no alcohol involved, but I just felt like I was like, my body, this is weird, you know? And so the next morning, I think I was still like coming off of this like weird feeling. And so I think I was just trying to keep get grounded. So I remember serving past just being very like, okay, take a couple reps and like relax kind of thing. And obviously being world champs, like just the, the schedule in itself is just very exhausting. So when you get to the finals, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so we're all really tired. And so, um, yeah, obviously we went back, had lunch and then just prepared like we normally would. So watch video highlight and kind of how we're going to defend China and what we're going to do. And then, yeah, just roll into the game. So I don't know. It, it was really no different. Again, we try to approach every single game like it's any other. So I would say there was no, not much difference. At 0-0, zero, zero, the starting sixes are announced. The referees are in place. First referees up on his stand. He blows his whistle. Did you think you'd win the game? I didn't know. Okay. I didn't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I was confident in our team and I believed in what we stood for. Um, but again, like I said earlier, like every game has a new history, you know, and I think in the back of my mind, it was like, Hey, like this could go in either way, but just like compete. Right. And um, I know for me personally, it wasn't like the best personal game for me. And I know there was a couple times that I mentally got in my own head and it's like, okay, Jordan, like they're, defending you this way, like from an attacking standpoint, just pass the ball. Your team just needs you to pass the ball. Like, let's just stay in it. And we got, we got to defend the ball. We got to serve the ball well and like just stay in it and quit being selfish and trying to be all this, you know, and instead of just being like consistent and there. Um, and so, yeah, it was, but um, yeah, it was a fun game. So, so during a big match like this, maybe from more of a, from like a tactical perspective, what, uh, how much are you adjusting your like tactics kind of live, like zooting, you know, tips 
tips to one twice in a row or you're like, okay, I'm thinking about that now, maybe cover some of uh, the defender there. Or, or how do you decide how much you do that on the fly versus how much you're like, okay, I'm just going to stick with the game plan. Yeah. I mean, I think we, um, a lot of our block and defense system is just pure reading. So being able to read and like react uh, to the best way we can, but ultimately there are some tactical things that we need to do. Um, and so I think before we go into the match, we have some like tactical, like how we're blocking Ju, uh, Ju. Like we, okay, we're blocking her angle. That means we're defending down the line. And, you know, maybe that's not working the first couple times around. All right, we got to change it up and we got to change it and we got to be in the moment and be reacting. And so I think uh, that's what we try to do. We try to start with the game plan. It's a good starting point. If it's not working, then we try to adjust mid game and then, um, yeah, our coaches are talking about rotations when we're coming off, like, hey, we're in row three, X, Y, and Z is coming at you. This is how we're defending it and go from there. So um, that's kind of what we're doing. <laughs> no, no, I do the tactical stuff just uh, so, you know, I, I watch a lot of volleyball and I commentate on a lot of volleyball and I put a, obviously got an understanding of the game. But when you when you start to talk about tactics, honestly, it's like you're talking another language to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it, it's amazing to hear, particularly because, I mean, you and I watch volleyball very differently dan because uh we we spent quite a lot of time together in january at the, at the olympic qualifiers in, yeah, in yeah. Appleton. and then when we talk about the games afterwards you'd be like oh yeah did you see so and so so and so stats and I, I didn't really pay much attention to the stats because i'd watched the game and i kind of used that to get my feel of who's who's played well and who hasn't played well, but which doesn't really make sense with volleyball because you've got this sheet of paper in front of you that tells you exactly who played well. But I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit more old school. So Jordan, help settle this for us. When, when, you're, when you're playing maybe with Team USA or with, uh, uh, in Turkey or in Russia, how, how much are you relying on stats maybe uh, between games and also like during the game? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, like you, like, I don't really look at the stats. I mean, I think sometimes you can get mental as a player. Yeah. Uh, just like, oh, well, I have two hitting errors and, you know, whatever. But ultimately, like, you have to look at what's across from you and, like, what's happening. Like, okay, like, maybe they're ideal. They're trying to shut, like, uh, this player down. So, it, but it opens up this avenue for a middle blocker to hit the ball more or – like there's those kind of strategies that sometimes you got to take like some responsibility. Like, okay, well, today's not my night or whatever. And, but my team needs me to do X, Y, and Z. And so being able to kind of find that and fill those holes, like I think for me, that's what I've just tried to do throughout my career. I, I know there's been times in my life though, where it's like, yeah, but I need my passing to be at this percentage or, you know, like we're always striving for that. But I think ultimately, like you can't get too caught up in it because otherwise you'll drive yourself crazy. Yeah, I mean, this is a completely different conversation, a different podcast, but Liberos and setters never get MVP. But yeah. sometimes they, well, very often they're game winners because if it's done on stats anyway let's move on let's talk about we've wrapped up the world championships you were you were among the first usa women's players to have a gold medal put around their neck which is well that's one of those memories that's gonna that's gonna last forever um not not just for you as well like did you think about what it meant to the fans and and everybody else to to have that achievement to be a world champion yeah i mean it obviously like it's just super cool to like 
be a part of history. And I think obviously like the teams that came before us, right. And the women that like have put us in this position, right. Like we have been able to do things that like just with resources, you know, that like other teams in the past haven't. And so um, I just think it, it's really cool. And we've heard some from some older teams, you know, from the eighties that boycotted and whatever, like just, the things that we get to do and like what we're doing for the sport, um, not just us, but I think even the years to come, I think is just uh, awesome. And uh, obviously winning a world championships, like is putting, we're putting our name out there more. And uh, I think just as the years goes on, USA Volleyball is getting stronger and stronger. All right. Speaking of getting stronger and stronger, um, Olympic games is an Olympic gold unfinished business for you. For sure. Yeah. The fact that it just like brings chills like through my whole body, like tells me that it is. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, how cool. Silver, oh. bronze, cool. I'm just missing one, right? Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'm glad you were, I'm glad you were honest with that answer actually, because sometimes people are quite coy and you might've said, oh, you know, it'd be really nice or whatever. But the fact that you've got this cabinet full of trophies and medals but there's still one that you've got your sights set on is is pretty amazing um talk to me about london then earl's court 2012 silver medal what did that tournament mean to you yeah um i don't know i just i as a young kid at the age of 12 i said i wanted to be an olympian and like when i finally heard like you are now part of the 2012 like olympic team like i can't tell you like what that meant to me and um then obviously to like go there and like not to act like oh crap like I'm here like I'm really here like I get to play like what's going on and next to like one of like my idols right like Logan Tom ball people like I looked up to as a kid you know and now I'm playing next to her in like a pretty big moment like don't mess up you know (laughs) and like act cool you know you're meant to be here you know and so um yeah, I mean, just, it was such a surreal moment. I tried to, like, really take it in, but again, just act like I'm, this is where I'm supposed to be, and this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and, like, this is, it's no different. It's just called the Olympic Games, you know? And so, uh, yeah, obviously winning a silver medal was amazing, and uh, I don't know. I feel like that was our chance to win gold. We were so close, yeah. uh, but Brazil played amazing, and you got to give credit to to them they played lights out so quick change of uh, quick change of gender actually because obviously there's a lot of expectation on usa teams in any olympic games in any sport but for for the men's team it seemed like there was a, a heck of a lot of, of expectation because there were all those big names leaving afterwards like Clayton Stanley and, and the like and they um and they crashed out pretty early didn't they 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 didn't medal do you have much to do with them in those Olympics are you, are you all sort of one unit yeah um I would say more in Rio than we did in London per se okay. um just because in London uh, we're on two different days and but we do see them like at the training facility a little bit but it was it was very much like crossing paths, but we do do like, we train together like in California. So we do see them a lot. So in a sense, it is kind of a uh, united front, but in Rio, we, we stayed off of the village and we stayed off with the men's national team. And it was, I don't know, I I really liked it because I, I did feel more united and it was like, we would do like 
daily send-offs not daily but like when the day the men were playing like we would do like uh like good luck cheer or like we'd stand in the lobby and like you know root them on as they're going to the game or I don't know it just felt very much united and so um it was a really cool feeling in Rio to have that did you stay on the boat (laughs) we didn't no our family our families did uh but we stayed closer to the the gym uh just because traffic was gnarly so uh, yeah it was crazy yeah we did it one day like so we stayed in the village for four days when we first got there and i think we did one training at the facility Mm -hmm. and oh my god it was like two and a half hours there two and a half hours back and we're we're all just like thank you for like the usoc for putting us closer because it was much Mm. easier yeah it was uh, it was pretty wild wasn't it so um right we'll move on to rio properly now but just want to just want to close london off first did you say you stayed in the village at london or or yeah, out of the- okay. yeah but even in, in london it was still like pretty brutal traffic like hour and a yeah. half there. but earl's court was awesome uh, uh r.i.p earl's court they put a wrecking ball through it now honestly broke my really? heart yeah yeah Oh, do you know what? Oh, I, I know this is very much about you, not about me. But even no. I get even I get goosebumps thinking about Earl's Court. Just uh, what what a joy to have forty five thousand people a day watching volleyball in London. Just yeah, absolutely wonderful. And also, um, it was my it was my first experience of Polish volleyball supporters. And oh <laughs> my god, those guys. <laughs> Those guys love a party. Um, the semi-final then, the moment you won the semi-final, so yeah. you knew you were going to be an Olympic medalist. You said age 12, you wanted to be an Olympian. What did that moment feel like? Yeah, so surreal. Uh, yeah, to think like like you're going to walk away with some hardware is like unreal. And like the fit, like the fact that we had a really good shot of winning gold and like, it's just like right there, you know, like I can't even like explain it to you. Um, and just in that moment, like, yeah, just so surreal, really cool. And so talking about uh, big moments, I think we're uh, heading towards the end of our, our episode here. So um, what were the five uh, moments of your career so far? Yeah. Um, so I would say like, yeah, winning in 06 with uh, my team, I would say like making my first Olympic team and winning silver, uh, in, yeah, in London. And then I would say, uh, back to back, uh, champions league, uh, championships with two different teams. <laughs> and you're two teams too, right? Cause you're, you're one of the rare players who yeah, kind of basically had yeah, we won Club World Championships both times that year as well, which was very nice. And then um, I would say obviously making my second Olympic team and winning bronze, which I think is still like one of my my favorites because they don't talk about that, right? Like, like when I was saying like in London, right? Like, okay, yeah, we made it to the final. You get to walk away with something. But when you're in the bronze medal match, it's like one team gets to walk away with something and one team gets to go home like empty-handed and it's – they you don't they don't give that away you got to fight for it and um yeah i've got a theory about um major championship silver medals versus bronze medals and you probably won't get this jordan because it's often you who's on the podium but dan next time you're a, a major championships watching it on tv or in the venue look at the podium and watch the people with silver medals around their neck and the people with bronze medals around their neck. And then it was actually yeah, yeah. London 2012 where I got this theory. It was after the men's final where Russia beat Brazil 
But earlier that day, Italy had won bronze. Italy practically danced out of the tunnel to get onto the podium. They were so, so happy. Brazil devastated. Obviously, Russia were over the moon. They were gold medalists. But yeah, winning that bronze, you finish the Olympic Games with a victory. How amazing is that? How amazing. You're so right. Yeah. And I think I never really thought about it before until I was in that situation. And it's like, yeah, it's it's crazy. And it's so it's so hard because you obviously lose like a tough semifinal and then you got to turn around a day and a half later and like, all right, well, that stunk. So how can I like be better? And like, we got to, we got to walk away with something here. So yeah, it's, it's, it, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Massive test of mental strength, isn't it? You know, that's where that sort of team ethic really comes in. Uh, where'd you keep all your medals? Are they all together? Yeah, they are all together. Uh, they're in a safe place uh, by my dad in Nebraska. So not not actually with me, uh, but they're in a safe place. So, oh, Jordan, so great to talk about all that success with the USA and your big game attitude as well. Uh, that is all from this episode from myself, from Dan and from Jordan Larson. Thank you for joining us on the ACE space. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, head over to CEV social media to what else is going on Dan there's so much I mean I'm going to plug unscripted obviously but there's the debate there's all of the quizzes going on there's the classic matches too and lots more episodes of the ace space still to come we'll speak to you next time I hope you enjoyed the episode of the ace space this is me Tina Grodina and I will be co-hosting the podcast soon so if you have anything you want to ask me or any topics you would like us to chat about, please write to us on the acespace at cev.eu and we will see if we can make it happen. For now, stay safe and we will see each other on the other side. <laughs>